good time of the day and welcome to another episode of and when i say i mean i am your co-host adrian and i am your co-host austin welcome, welcome another to another week episode indeed anything exciting or noteworthy from this past week austin um yes it is the beginning of lent uh for mm-hmm. those of you who follow the church calendar so yesterday I went to an Ash Wednesday service, uh, which I thought was really fun. I love Ash Wednesday because, um, I don't know, it's it's just like the right, I, I, it's kind of like my, my aesthetic, if you will. I hate that mm. I said that, but um, <laughs> it's kind of the, it's like the, the dreariest of the church holidays, which I like. Mm. You like to be dreary? Well, I don't know. I, I think the the dreariness adds depth to our lives that and, the, and that we don't always embrace enough. It's kind of like um, Inside Out, where you, okay. need the, you need the sadness to truly appreciate the joy. And so I think you, you need the somberness and um, kind of the appreciation of sin and fallenness and brokenness of Ash Wednesday um, to truly appreciate the grace and love of Easter. No, that's fair. And so I'm sure other things happened, but I don't remember what they were. Did you have any Fosnots on Fosnot Day? No, so it's not Fosnot Day uh, here. It's just that's... it's just Shrove Tuesday. Um, yeah, no one serves. Boss knots and I was, I was kind of sad about that, and I, I thought yeah. maybe I should go out and buy a bunch of donuts, um, but I was you know here cooking. Mm. I made some quesadillas. Uh, we homemade our tortilla. Solid. And it called the recipe called for uh, taco seasoning, and I'm in Aldi, and I see no taco seasoning, but I do see hot lemon pepper, and I'm like. I don't know anything about hot lemon pepper, but I do know it is the signature seasoning of Atlanta. So I'm like, gotta get this. <laughs> Speaking of Atlanta, uh, have you seen Baby Driver? No, I've heard it's good though. Okay, so Baby Driver takes place in Atlanta, and uh, the the main character is played by Ansel Elgort. Um, I think that's Not true. He is the sad cancer guy in Fault in Our Stars. Oh, yeah. And then her brother in Divergent. Yep, 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 yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, he is Baby in Baby Driver. And so just today, he was in a music video for uh, Off the Zonkeys by J.I.D. <laughs> and, and it takes place in Atlanta. And so I'm like, is this music video the secret sequel to Baby Driver that we didn't know that we need, where he gets out of prison and instead of driving off into the sunset with Deborah, he stays locked in his life of crime and is addicted to uh, all kinds of drugs and can't get out of his criminal lifestyle? I don't know, but I think I think it would speak to the crushing power of the prison system. If it was the secret sequel to Baby Driver. 
Wow. That that was deep. Thanks. I I haven't seen Baby Driver or the secret sequel. Well, uh you should definitely watch Baby Driver. The and, and so like I'm sure that JD has seen Baby Driver or the director of the music video has anyway cuz he's dancing like in the same way he does in Baby Driver mm-hmm. in this music video uh but is smoking the whole time and you know Deborah is clearly not in his life interesting so i'm going to think of it as a spiritual sequel to Baby Driver if no one else is it's kind of like uh sad afflecks and smart damon okay yeah i can see that how about you anything exciting happen um i had something and then i lost it mm-hmm. yeah there's no fast knots here also nobody i don't think that they just have fast knots i think maybe yeah. that's just a South Central Pennsylvania thing. I almost got donuts today because I didn't have any yesterday or Tuesday. But that didn't happen either. Um, what else has happened this past week? Um, we watched Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Have you not seen that or, before? No, we've seen it. We're trying, to, me and my roommates are trying to um, watch all the Marvel movies again before mm-hmm. Endgame comes out. Oh, Endgame. Uh, I, I thought you were going to say Captain Marvel, and I'm like... Well, uh, I think that, that may have been the original plan, but I that's not going to happen. Um, so we might get to... We still have like nine or eight or something ridiculous left before Endgame, so that's going to be mm-hmm. tough. Uh, watch some Endgame um, fan theories. Nice. Uh, with my roommates as well. I thought they were all garbage. Yeah, and no, it got that's me my really... <laughs> that's my general feeling about Endgame fan theories. Yeah, it got me really like depressed about how the ending of Endgame is going to be, or what I'm concerned it's going to be. Which, mm-hmm. referencing last week's episode, right. just like out punching him rather than actually like some kind of sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. like let's like let's win in a in a way, different way. Um, we also watched, um, Age of Ultron, which I think is a really underrated, underrated Marvel movie. I was just saying, Um, I was just saying it's better than people remember that it is. Yeah, it's true. A lot happens. It's very, it's, it's, it is the, it is the tipping point for the middle of the, the arc. Um, I think it is fair to say that it's trying to do too much, but I I think it, it it definitely has more thematic thought than mm-hmm. many of the MCU entries. Yeah, it it does try to do too much. There's two like the one thing that my roommates and I were talking about. I, I don't really want to talk about this too long, but there there was a lot that happened with Scarlet Witch that we didn't really see like a lot of development in her life, which we didn't really see like thoughts that she had to process. We see more of that later, I suppose. Um. And then just like a lot of great things going on between Tony and Ultron and Captain America, and then Thor is apparently knows everything. I don't know. I think it's really great. I think the villain of Ultron is great. Um, it is and a what pre- it sets up for the rest of the Ragnarok rest Thor. Of the so that's kind of that's kind of a bummer. But 
Yeah, but it's okay. Um, what else happened this week? Um, the Got trailer dropped. Yeah, I just watched that. I thought it was eh. Um, I feel like the. I mean, I don't know anything about the TV show. So I, I can't really add too much, but uh, Jamie seems like the best, um, and everybody else kind of seems like the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And oh, Arya's still also the best. Yeah. And there's lots of snow and ice dragons, and I think more shots from Iceland, which I now am like, huh, I may have been there. So it's, but, it's uh, not really an ice dragon. It's a zombie dragon. Oh, okay. My bad. Also, that last shot with the horse, definitely that antler reindeer guy who I don't actually think was in the show, but turns out to be like a big character. Are you referring to Cold Hands? Cold Hands, yeah. Is he in the show? So, no, no. Uh, Cold Hands is replaced by Benton Stark in the snow. Or in uh, the show. So he he's not dead in the... I mean, he could be Cold Hands. <laughs> we don't know who Cold Hands is. Benton Stark is... Uh, is is likely dead in the show now. He okay. he came riding in on a horse with a lantern uh, uh-huh. and fought off some whites to save Jon Snow uh, towards the end of last season. Okay. So okay. it's looking bad for him. Cold Hands is also probably not um, Benjamin Stark unless yeah. he's sharing the consciousness of many... Uh, crows that have made it over the wall but anyway anyways um i thought it was just like yeah this is a trailer cool yeah yeah i think that's fair but anyway uh so we are talking about neighbors kind of not not the movie or the sequel but i don't recommend the, the movie i haven't seen either uh, I don't really plan to. I have seen it and don't recommend it. Uh, it doesn't really seem to to be my kind of my kind of thing. Mm. And Dave Franco is mm. in that, right? Yeah. Dave Franco plays a minuscule role in uh, If Beale Street Could Talk, and it's amazing. Really? Yeah, he's just like this Jewish guy who's selling them an apartment, and he mm. he shows up for like two minutes and fake moves some stuff with uh the the main characters and uh yeah it's a it's a it's it might have been my favorite scene but after i like he did this one look where i'm like wait is that dave franco and i I looked it up afterwards it was dave franco anyway yeah this is not important we're talking about neighbors (laughs) um as in the people that live near you or maybe not We'll see. Uh, so my first question is, uh, why why do we prefer, or why do we seem to prefer, if we do, uh, online communities over in-person communities? Uh, my second question is, is it bad that we talk more to our family? Because I, I think a lot of my potential neighbor time has mm-hmm. been overtaken by my continued interaction with my family via social media. Mm-hmm. And um, what does that say about us as a human race? But that's kind mm-hmm. of a normal question. 
Yeah. Um, first off, thank you to Becca from Summersworth who actually sent in most of these questions or at least the idea for this topic. Mm -hmm. She definitely sent in the first question. Right. So I just credit where credit is due. Faithful listener. So the first question, sure. why do we prefer online communities to real communities? Yep. Um, I think probably because it's easier to be to have anonymity. Um, I think that, I mean, I don't know, maybe if this isn't the answer, but I'm going to dive right in. I think mm -hmm. that people want community, but don't want to be vulnerable, which is usually what is is necessary for community. And so. Mm -hmm by having an online community, it's easier to hide behind the screen mm -hmm. and and use that to protect you from being vulnerable with giving you the sense that you do have this community. Right. I, I do think we are bad examples to be talking about online communities um, because I, I, don't, I don't consider myself to be really part of any online communities. Would you, would, mm -hmm. to you? Um, I would say, I mean, in some ways, yes and no, right? So, I mean, I think online communities just could be any type of social media, whether or not I engage with them or not in the sense of posting things, right? I'm still, I'm still a part of that community. So, like, even if I go on Facebook, I am a part of this community, right? I'm choosing to go and look at things posted online rather than people that are actually around me. And so even if I don't post things That's online, fair. I'm still interacting with that. Same with Instagram or even like I go on the Hearthstone subreddit every day. Mm -hmm. I don't post anything. I don't interact, but I'm still following the topics of conversation. I'm still a part of that community, even if nobody really knows it besides myself. Also, mm -hmm. like I have people that I just like most of my relationship with them is over like snapchat right um, right and so to some extent i think it can be okay but in reality right like that's a very different relationship than even like texting someone but i've never like met someone that i would consider to be my friend via social media no i i think that that's fair but I think that the idea still exists, even if we mm -hmm. don't, if it's not like, in, in some ways, you're still using that as a community, online community. Well, right. But uh, like, th that's a very different experience of online community, which I don't think we experience. Like, right. I don't, I don't, I don't, like, I watch a lot of the Vlogbrothers, but I don't consider myself to be part of the vlog, what what are their followers called? Nerdfighteria. Nerdfighters. Yeah. So clearly, I I uh, don't identify as such. Right. Or the mythical community. Right. I don't. With I wouldn't like. really call myself a mythical beast, though I watch a lot of Good Mythical Morning. Right. Uh, and I I definitely have not made friends through my connection with people on YouTube. Yeah. The only, I I will say, I don't have friends, but I have talked to people. You don't have friends. No, sorry. Let me finish. <laughs> I I don't have like friends. I haven't made friends this way, but I have talked to people over like Twitch chat. 
online. But again, yeah. it doesn't, it hasn't. So, uh, but regardless of all of that, uh, uh, any other thoughts to answer yeah, the question? I, I, I do agree with you that what I think people like about online communities is the selectivity. Um, it, it really narrows kind of the, your interaction to one prescribed thing. And you generally know that you agree with people on that prescribed thing, or it's something that you, you share. It's, it's like a knitting circle that you only ever talk about knitting. So you, like, you know, you're going to enjoy it. I don't know why I chose knitting, but That's fine. I, I feel like people don't get it. No. Okay. People do probably get into lots of violent debates about knitting. Um, but you're not going to, like, you're not knitting with those people. You're just talking to them about knitting. So nothing's going to come up with them that's not knitting. I don't know. Maybe I don't understand online communities. But I feel like it, it, right. it allows you to segment your relationships um, to fill a, a niche that you want them to. And that makes it you easier. Can... Right. It allows you kind of maybe this isn't what you're saying, but allows you to be individualistic while still having some kind of semblance of community. I don't know. I, I think it I think it lets you in, more selectively engage with some amount of that person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there was so as I'm on the Atlantic this week, I see an article called what can we learn from the least politically polarized place in America? I'm like, hmm, I wonder what we can learn from the least politically polarized place in America. I click on this article and it's like, it's Watertown, New York. And I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Watertown, New York is like this town of like, I don't know, 20,000 people on the very top of interstate 81 in New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nothing happens there. Viggo Mortensen's from there, but that's about it. Is he really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he went to to college in Canton. Hmm. Anyway. But, like, no, nothing goes on in Watertown. And it's like, they're talking about it in this article. Like, it's a utopia. And I'm like, uh, it's Watertown, though. Like, <laughs> so anyway. Like, Watertown's not bad. It's just, like, it's the North country. Mm-hmm. There's just not a lot there, but I, I think it was a really great article uh, because it, it points out why people are, are less, he's trying, the author is trying to figure out why people are, are less politically polarized. And it basically comes down to, there's just not enough people in the town where you can compartmentalize them. Right. Like you can't selectively, be in a group that's only some demographic, some political affiliation, like anything you're going to be in, you're going to have mixing uh, across party lines is, is the focus of this article. Um, hmm. And so it, it finishes kind of by saying, and even if we never change one another's minds, which is the most likely outcome, uh, I'd still rather know real people than believe in cartoon villains. And so that's, that's what I think, that's why I think people prefer um, online communities because they normally tend to 
reaffirm things you already believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and real communities challenge, often challenge your beliefs because if you disagree with someone, you still have to acknowledge them as a person. Right. Yeah, I think I think that's that's probably true. So, so then tying it back to neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, we don't go out of our way to meet our neighbors because it's so much easier and less less conflict. I can it can feed into my own thoughts if I just find other people online who believe the same thing I do rather than trying to get to know the person who lives next door who may disagree with everything that I believe in. Right. Um Yeah, it's it's you don't have to meet your neighbors basically. Mm-hmm. Like you 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 don't need to go out and talk to people and try to figure out who your friends are because of the internet like you can just right. go to some subreddit that you like and know people will mostly agree with you mm-hmm. um and that's easier to do like i don't think people would super enjoy being challenged on their beliefs all the time right. um, and not all neighbors are going to do that but you don't know who's going to and who's not right um so i it's just so much more convenient to already find existing groups on the internet than than meet your neighbors even though i think that's not great because you have richer i okay see this is why i say we're not the ideal people because some people have like great friendships apparently through the internet and i don't want to like diminish that but i think the general quality of relationship is on average not as deep than who your neighbors would be. And and I say this as a person who has no idea who any of my neighbors are. Right. So so the, this question kind of came up out of our church's community groups are doing studying this book called The Art of Neighbor, Neighboring. And one of the exercises that we did was handed you a piece of paper that had your house in the middle and then like eight, the eight squares around it. And it was like, fill in the names of all of your neighbors. And I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I can't name any of them. Like mm-hmm. I, I live in a quadplex, I guess you could call it. I don't know. Townhouse. I would call it a townhouse. But anyways, I literally, this wall back here, somebody lives over there. Like, and I don't even know their names. And so, it was very convicting and like mm-hmm. even if even if so this book then is talking about Christ's commandment of love your neighbor as yourself and how we have kind of taken that and made it a metaphor which allows us to avoid actually loving our neighbor and knowing our neighbor and so this is just getting back to how can we just be friends with our neighbor in this in with the goal of loving them and sharing Christ with them um, and so for me, it's like, I don't even know my neighbor's names. How can I be loving to them if I don't even know their name? 
but maybe that's different. I mean, that maybe digresses a little bit. So, so do we want to talk about why we think the advantages or disadvantages of online community versus real community slash knowing your neighbors or move on to the next question, answer that question at the end? Well, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I, I think the advantages, I'm just going to answer it. I think the advantages of a real community is that you do have to engage with like, Mm -hmm. like if you're, if you're in a setting where you're talking to someone, you can't just like leave uh, without it being really weird. And you can't just start like shouting at them and calling them Nazis without it also being really weird. I, okay. I hope that would be something that is very weird for you to do because, because if it's not reconsider how often you call people Nazis mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in, re- in real life. I, well, I mean, also in On the internet, the, the internet. But, yeah. But why is that good? Why, why? Why shouldn't I just sit with people that agree with the same thing I'd agree? Why Why do I need to... Why should I even worry about other people? Right, because I, I think it makes it harder for you to live with people who don't agree. Like, I I think it... It makes it harder to appreciate other people who who have differences than you. But I mean that pre- assumes that I should appreciate other people. Uh yeah. Well, I'm not gonna argue. <laughs> like, <laughs> you should appreciate other people. Right. But so I guess what I what I'm trying to get at is like the reason that we should get out of our online communities and care about our neighbors is that our neighbors have value, and so do the people in the online communities too. But like if we're not seeking to show that value of people around us, like how can we, we're just being selfish, I guess, when you look at your own online community and don't look at the people around you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's, I guess it is kind of self-centered. Uh, I was, I was listening to, Okay, uh, Matt Pat's latest rant about people stealing money from him. Mm-hmm. Um, I've stopped watching Matt Pat, by the way. I don't watch Game Theory. That's a good call. Anymore. Um, but anyway, <laughs> I was watch- I was watching his last rant, um, and talking about how people find these niche communities uh, as an expression of themselves, and I I think about that a lot. Like it, like when. When is it good to seek out like representation of yourself, and with and how can that not become just kind of self-centeredness, like only mm-hmm. wanting to see things the way that they are for you? I think that that is only selfish, right? Well, no, not really. Not. Like, like. I, I like it when people share my views because it feels like people share my views then, right? Right. Like if you're, if you're lonely or you're like, like no one understands what this is, I think it's very um, powerful to have someone that shares how you view things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it validates what I'm feeling, what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, 
but I, I think that needs a balance of seeking out other things that because like everyone's not gonna view this world the same way as you um but i i don't think that means we should value people any less mm -hmm. um so so maybe this is what i'm thinking to answer your question when does it become self-seeking i think when it no longer so when the most important thing is that everybody feels how you feel right mm -hmm. or i no longer or it doesn't matter what everybody else feels or, or what they feel like or what they're thinking isn't valid only what I think and what I feel is valid. Yeah. And so, so when you get into those spheres where it's only think people saying the same things that you think and believe and feel, it builds up those walls and hardens you to listen to other people and allow them to influence your life. Right. I think just having a person present it changes so much about how you interact people right if mm -hmm. like if you're just typing at things that's so abstracted from humans mm -hmm. that it just seems like some random whatever on the other right. side of this and so and i i i agree with the atlantic that kind of like the most striking finding of that study is they they asked a question that was like would you do you think it would be like very bad bad neutral good or very good if a significant member of the other party just died or if a significant number of the other party just died and like 20 30 percent of uh democrats and republicans said about the other political party that it would be good uh in some places in the country and so that's that seems terrible, mm -hmm. and and it's just I I like I don't really understand how you miss that people are people, and so you well, you have reasons, and I would assume pretty complex reasons for believing that the things that you believe, mm -hmm. and so other people do too. Mm -hmm. but i mean it probably has to do with labeling and oh, that's how people aren't people is when they're labeled something else right i i don't know not necessarily well but like if i'm like thinking about the other party right i'm i can dehumanize them by saying okay they're a republican or they're a democrat Right, and then they're no longer a person; they're just a Democrat or a Republican. Only and if so they're merely okay really that. Like I, th right. I you can, labeling, I don't think necessarily dehumanizes, unless you're saying they are only this label. Right, but I think that that's how you can say, yeah, if they die, that's fine, because I'm not. Uh, the only way that I'm looking at them is by their political party line. Right. Sure. But so that's like, how they've become in my mind. Like, if I know things about you that could label you, doesn't mean I dehumanize you. Right. I'm not saying it does, but I'm saying that's how it can happen, where you're like, okay, this person is no longer a person mm -hmm. because they're now just this label. Mm -hmm. 
So this this kind of happened to me the other day where so here's the situation. Months ago, probably in the summer sometime, um I had some friends over and one of their other friends slash acquaintances wanted to also come over, but they didn't want them to come over. And so they're like, Adrian, you need to tell them that they can't come over because you don't invite them. I had no idea who this person was, but I was with my friends. They said, we don't want them to come over. And I said, yep, okay, he's not allowed to come over. The other week, I end up meeting this person in real life. Mm-hmm who I had essentially said, no, you can't come over and was not really mean to them, but kind of mean to them. And I was just kind of like struck that it was like, again, it was a very minor thing. And like, I'm sure this person was not hurt, but it was just kind of stuck out to me. It was like, wow, because of like the fact that I was interacting with this person over a text message was so much, like my response was probably much different than it was if I would have been talking to them face to face. And then I had to experience that when I was talking to this person face to face. Um, again, not a big deal. The situation was fine, but it's kind of that idea, right? Like how you interact differently when you're behind a screen than you would if you were face to face with somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just, I think it's much easier to recognize that someone is someone when you can see them Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and you don't always want to. Right. Because that's, that's a harder thing to do. Yep. Um, So then my, my next question is, is it bad that we talk too much to our family? Because I think Mm -hmm. for me talking to my family uses up a lot of the slots that are like the the limited slots that I would have for for close friends, which mm-hmm. may be horrible, but that's how I roll. Right. Many of them are used up by my family. So is is the the ease of communication granted by our technology is that detrimental to our neighborliness? Because I can just stick with people that I know. Um, I think so. And uh, it's also something that I have like thought about, not only with family, but with like close friends um, and still trying to figure out like, what does that look like? Um, And not only ease of technology, but also like ease of travel, right? Like it's so easy for me to travel home for holidays or weekends or whatever. But then I'm losing that oppor- to be with my family, but then I'm losing that opportunity to be with my neighbors, my friends here, the people mm-hmm. that I'm building into and growing into. And so, which also, that was something else we did this past week. We got to chat with Oliver. Yeah, that's true. I was there. Um, on Saturday. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think it, it is difficult, and I think probably it does prevent us from being neighborly and building into the people who are in front of us. And it's hard because at least for me, and I think for you too, like our family is very important. Obviously we still do this podcast and it started because we wanted to chat basically. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it is hard to kind of 
say, no, that's a bad thing, or no, that takes away from me loving the people that are around me, even my roommates, right? Like, or, or they're not, I mean, technically, I guess maybe they could be counted as neighbors, but I think to some extent it does. And it's something that has been something that I'm trying to work through mm-hmm. and haven't really come to a good, good answer yet. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I'm more, I don't know. I guess I'm more inclined to say, oh, it's fine. Um, but I don't know though, because I'm just thinking about like what am I going to reflect on and be like, wow, that was really valuable for me. It, is it going to be like you, me, Anthony, and Alana talking to Oliver, or is it going to be like, oh, I went and I went to like some community dinner mm-hmm. somebody was hosting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've been to a lot of community dinners that and I, I would I would skip them in a heartbeat to to talk to Oliver. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Does that I like? I guess that makes me a bad neighbor. But if that makes me a bad neighbor, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, I think. So I'm also taking a class. I think I mentioned it before taking a class about the history of missions. Mm-hmm. And one thing that it did talk about was it when it's just like Jesus on his mission, basically rejected his family. And in like multiple occasions, like said to his family, no, like these people are my family. Like I am not really part of it. And that's really hard for me to read. Right. Because mm-hmm. I think that is saying, right, like our family is in some ways less important than our mission um, to go out there and love, love our neighbors. Um, So I don't know. I think it probably is something that is detrimental to me getting out loving my neighbors, but it's also something that's really hard for me to give up, which maybe means (laughs) that i should i don't don't think i I don't think you need to cut sorry let me rephrase that i don't think that means you have to cut it off entirely i don't think that that is i don't think that that's what it's saying at all but i do think right it's it's just another community that is telling you the same thing it's the same as an online community that in many ways tells you the same things that you want to hear believes the same things that you want to believe and prevents you from going out and meeting other people that think differently than you. I disagree. Have you ever been on Dad and I's political texts? You haven't. Mom no. has once. Ask her about it. Ask her. <laughs> talk yeah. about how much we agree on that. Okay. But there's no way that you can say that you have more disagreement with anyone in your family on any subject than you do with like just a random stranger. I don't know. It depends on the random stranger. Okay, that's not the point I'm trying to make. The point and I'm trying to make is. It depends on the is, member of the family. The point I'm trying to make is the fact that we all grew up together means that we all have a lot of the same shared beliefs. Yeah, we're gonna have differences and different thoughts, and our experiences are slightly different. But for the most part, <laughs> our experiences and our thoughts and beliefs are very similar. 
I don't know. And so, I, like, I think it still helps us. It still helps us better appreciate the humanity of people. What do you mean? Like, like being with your family because you're you're you have so much more time with them than most people. I think it's it's good. I would say it's better experience for empathy than a typical online community. Sure. Because you don't choose them. That. Right. I mean, in some ways you do, right? You're still choosing to connect with them now. You could completely disconnect yourself from your family. Yeah, but like, like I couldn't have when I was nine. Okay. But you still do now. Like, you're still making that choice. Right. But, like, all, all that time building up was still time I had to, like, appreciate people as being other people than me. Right. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying that family isn't valuable and that we should just get rid of our families and not have anything to do with them. I just think that sometimes that they can be a distraction for us actually loving people outside of ourselves and our communities that are different than us and different than our families. Right. Yeah. I guess I'm just, I think family is a better like launching point for empathy than online communities. I am not disagreeing with that. Okay. But I still think it's worse than getting to know your neighbors. Oh, I don't know. I get, like, so if I'm looking at it from a way of, like, loving my neighbors and with the idea of, like, sharing what Christ has done in my life, that's way more important than me continuing to build my relationship with my family. Yeah. I don't know. Like, shouldn't we also enjoy the gifts that we have? I'm not, again, I'm not saying that you can't. But what I'm saying is when I use my family and use that time and all of that communication and all of these things become a hindrance to my sharing of the gospel and telling my neighbors about the love of Christ, that's when it becomes an issue. I don't think that you can't enjoy your family and that I shouldn't go home for holidays and that I can't see them. I think that's good. But I don't want to live in New Hampshire and vicariously and through social media and through Snapchat pretend like I'm still living in Pennsylvania. Mm, well, I definitely don't do that. I don't like I I I I guess I don't know like what what would that look like the your vicariously living scenario? It means that I am always talking to my family. I I I am not going out of the house. I'm I'm just only communicating with friends and family back home and not separating myself from that, right? I'm I'm in a different location, but I haven't done anything to build into the place where I'm living now. I think I think that's really important because I don't think that like 
we i don't think you go okay i'll speak for myself i don't think that i live in am living in new hampshire just to like work and not talk to anybody and go home and just pretend like i'm still with my family i'm in new hampshire to find this new family to find the people around me to find my neighbors my coworkers my roommates like if I was supposed to still be in Pennsylvania with my family, I would be. And so I don't want to lean on that so much that I miss what God has for me here. Okay. I'm not saying that you do that or that like there's not a healthy balance to be found, but I do think that we can, that we general humans myself included can use that as a crutch to stay inside my own circle and not look out to other people yeah that's fair um so what do we need neighbors for did we talk about that um i don't think so not really i mean kind of the one thing that we mentioned was just to think differently than what we think. Mm -hmm. Though I, th I still think that's a, a fundamentally self-centered way to look at neighbors. This is one of a, this is one of my axes that I have to grind. Um, mm -hmm. I, I saw a headline the other day that was called something. Okay. Here was Russian doll maniac and the good place. Uh, the, why helping others is really helping your, or why helping others is helping yourself or really helping yourself, something like that. And I, mm -hmm. I didn't read the article because I had other things to do. Just like that bad of exact moment. Um, and so I was like, man, I hate this headline. Cause this is, this is so dumb because the, the point of altruism is to do things for other people. Like, it's not altruism if it's like, oh, I know that helping others is really helping myself. That's just still that's still being self-centered mm -hmm. um, in your in your wanting to help other people. Uh, and so I think to do things to gain perspectives that are different from yours, I really don't like that because it so limits the connection that we have with other people. It's it still places yourself at the center mm -hmm. of really any relationship that you have with other people. It, yeah, that's good. And, and I, I think that's false. It's so I was just like imagining if someone was like invisible, what value would they have to anyone? Like if all of a sudden you couldn't share your perspective with people, would that make you not valuable? Um, so for me, the answer is emphatically no, but if we're saying that neighbors are valuable in the sense that they can give a different perspective to you, if people can't share their perspective, then they're not valuable. And I, I, I don't like that. So then why are neighbors valuable? I agree. Neighbors are valuable because they're people. Um, and people are valuable. Mm -hmm. And so I, th I think the the 
the real joy of knowing other people is seeing like seeing the creation seeing who they are um and seeing what god has done in them yeah you were talking about or you mentioned somebody was saying that it, they you can find your niche where you can find other people who are like you and and my initial thought to that was like it's hard to it's hard for yourself so it's hard for me to display who i am when i'm surrounded by other people who are like me um and so if i find people who aren't like me or have different gifts or have different abilities i'm able to and i think this is what you're saying i'm able to appreciate who they are and who god has made them to be because they're because i'm different than them and they and the same for that you know they can appreciate that about me um and so you don't get that if you're in a group where okay i knit things and i talk to only other knitters people who so i have i'm not good at knitting but when i see my cousin knit things i'm like that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he's he's good at that. He's skilled at that, and he shares it with other people who aren't like me. And so I can appreciate that about him. I can appreciate the gifts that he has been given in that way. And so I think that's again maybe that is selfish too. But in some ways, it's not right because by having focusing on your neighbors and getting to know your neighbors. You're allowed. You're allowing yourself to appreciate who they are, um, mm-hmm. because they're most likely different than you. Yeah. So, uh, like when I was in the National Gallery of Canada, uh, we saw like different paintings by Monet, and so mm-hmm. I'm not just gonna look at one painting of Monet and be like, "Cool, Monet, got it," and like le- not look at the other pictures that are in the gallery that are Monet because each of each of the pictures are are painted beautifully and are beautiful and they're all a reflection of Monet and how he sees the world and what he values in the world. So like see seeing your neighbors you can appreciate who they are and like what they bring to the world and because you know we're image bearers, we see uh, dimly through a mirror what will later become clear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do we love our neighbors? Not just metaphorically or an idea, but in action and in actually truth. do it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think the first step would be um, talk to them. Mhm. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and like listen to them as well. Right. Yeah, I was thinking again. I I don't want to. I mean to be calling you out, but I was thinking about the other day when you were talking about how you didn't want to know the guy's name at the coffee shop, and the, that's a different topic, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like in some ways, it's like 
I think that knowing someone's name and being able to call them by name is just a like really simple way of loving them, especially if it's like your neighbor or someone in the community. Like, again, I don't know my neighbor's names and they don't know my name, but like to be able to say, and again, maybe I'm different because I enjoy people more than you do, but to be able to, call someone okay is that not true though? <laughs> i mean i enjoy being with other people but to be able to call someone by their actual name and have them say hi to you back with your name like that's just a whole nother level from stranger to at least acquaintance right i don't know it feels so invasive to me okay i think that's fine but like connor doesn't know i think me. it's a what connor doesn't know me Right, but I think it's the first step in loving your neighbor. Like, if I want to love my neighbor and I want to talk and listen to them, I have to know their name first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is. There's uh, someone I know, and uh, what I think is really amazing about um, him in some ways is that, like, no interaction with him is ever transactional. Hmm. Like, no. He, he'll, like, go to do something and come back like 15 minutes later and it's just like just like pick something up from something just across the room because he's just like stopped and talked to 15 people on the way back or just one person for the next three hours mm-hmm. um so it does make things hard to get done like it's hard to get things done sometimes but i i think that's a, he does a really good job of taking advantage of even the small interactions. Mm-hmm. And to your point about taking longer to do things, I think that is also really valuable, right? Because like our time is valuable. And so by like giving your time to actually have a conversation with somebody and listen to them, I think is really valuable and loving because you're giving up your valuable time, if you will. Um, to actually listen and and Mm -hmm. show love and care to them. Okay. Yeah. And I think, I think one, one last thought is like it being consistent. So like our community group meets on, um, university of New Hampshire's campus and we're trying to be more outreach focused. Like how can we actually become friends with more students and actually practically love students? Um, and now like probably three or four weeks in a row, one guy we've actually run into like consistently every Wednesday. Um, and we know his name. I don't know if he knows our name yet. Um, but like, I think that part of that, um, building that friendship and knowing your neighbors is being consistent, um, and being intentional. Do we talk about what it means about us as a human species or kind of, but not really? I mean, kind of, I, th- I thought that. that was implicit in the, like, why, why, or why do we have neighbors? Sounds good. I think we got there. I don't think that we claim to know the answer to how to best love your neighbor or even if we answered that question well, but. I don't know. I, I think talking to them and listening is never a bad 
step. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Act- yeah. <laughs> and actually listening. The one one thing that I'm terrible at, at listening and like one thing I heard or read somewhere about being a good listener is to not think about what your response is going to be while the other person is talking. Again, I do that a terrible job of that, but keeping that thought in my mind as I'm interacting with other people and listening to them is makes you a better listener, I think. But anyway, we need recommendations. Yep. Do you have any? Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I can recommend a book that I haven't read. Okay, I can't. No, go for it. So, okay, well, I read it's it? The Art of Neighboring, which is the book that oh. kind of started these. So but there's not. also some YouTube videos, um, which I have um, read. Or by read, I mean watched. Um. So you can probably find um. We can put some links in the doobly doo. Yeah, we can do. We'll do that. Um. Which are good and kind of talks, kind of gives an overview of this idea. Um, and if you want to check out the book, great. I hope that I can read it someday in my life. Um, but then my, <laughs> it's it's not a the problem is me. Um. My second recommendation, I don't know if I've recommended him before, but I'm going to recommend the musical artist Andrew Bell. Um, I, don't, like I have not heard of this person. Three or four albums out right now um, and has kind of progressed. His progression in his music follows pretty well with like my progression in the music type of music that I like. Okay. Um, I would say he's like, he's kind of like um, Matt Carney-ish, um, kind of like um, Ships in the Night. Not, not, not really like <laughs> Ben Rector-ish. I was just making um, a joke. I got it. Um, but then also kind of like mixed with, um. Bonnever and Lord Huron, kind of less Lord Huron. Anyways, you should just check him out. Um, it's pretty good. I'm just imagining a band tracking my musical progression. They would be the weirdest band yeah, in the no. world. Yeah, anyway. they, they would have some uh, multiple personality disorders. Anyway, um, I'm gonna talk about three things, so it's gonna have to be quick. The first okay. one is not a recommendation. It's just a confusion. And if anyone else has read it, let me know what you think because I I, I want a sounding board, I guess. Uh, Black Leopard, Red Panther. Nope. Black Leopard, Red Wolf. Uh, it is a book by Marlon James. Or I think I think that's true. Uh, mm-hmm. And it is uh, follows this character named Tracker um, as he. Uh, just like murders his way across this fictional continent in search of a boy who is dead. That's literally the first line of the book, so no spoilers. Uh, yeah, the the books. So the book starts. Uh, the boy is dead. What more is there to say? And then it goes on for like 24 hours. I listened to it on audiobooks, so um, 
And so there was just like so much hype. Marlon James, yeah. There's so much hype mm-hmm. leading up to this book, and I read it, and I'm like, I, this is, seems bad. Um, what was all the hubbubaloo? Uh, so if you've read it and you thought it was great, let me know, because I'd love to hear why. Um, I, 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 on the whole, I found it very violent. I found Tracker to be largely unappealing. And uh, altogether, uh, unsatisfying for... I, I'm, so I, I was like 20 hours in, and I was like, hmm, maybe these last four hours are going to be real great. But <laughs> they, they weren't, yeah. So, That's not uh, a very good sign. The second thing that I'm going to talk about is a handmade, The Handmaid's Tale uh, by Margaret Atwood. That was much better. I also listened to that the on book? audiobook. Yep. Uh, yeah, not the show. It's really good. I think I think it is uh, understandably... I understand why Hulu adapted it at this point in time because I think it's, it's pretty relevant um, to right mm-hmm. now. I was worried it was going to be more anti-Christian than it ended up being. Uh, I, I think it's like secretly like pro-biblicalness uh, okay. for, for all of it seeming not to be so uh, because it talks about how the main character, um, Offred, knows that they've changed the attitudes and added things and left things out to fit their own uh, narrative. Ugh. Um, and uh, they talk about how they're not allowed to read the Bible because it would be a... Um, I forget the word that she used, but like electrifying thing for them to actually read. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway... It, I don't know anything about it, but it feels very M. Light, M. Night Shyamalan-y. Nope. Wrong. Okay. Uh, it basically, it's the plot of 1984, uh, but you're some random woman off to the side. Okay. Um, if you can imagine that. Kind of. Finally... Uh, the last thing I'm going to talk about is Into the Spider-Verse, a movie by a director. It was written by the guys who wrote the Lego movie. Um, I don't remember who the director was. But anyway, it's I it's great. I, I'm not a big fan of multiverses in general because I think they're unscientific and dumb. Uh, but don't let that distract you from how great this movie is. <laughs> My favorite character is probably Peter B. Parker, who is like the 40-year-old midlife crisis version of Sam Raimi's original Peter Parker. And it's amazing. Uh, Nick Cage plays noir Spider-Man, who is all in black and white. (laughs) He fights gangsters in the 1930s um, and is now in this dimension. Uh, Spider-Ham is in it, played by John Mulaney. Uh, everything is bonkers, but it's great. There's such a moving scene with Miles and his dad, who's played by, uh, Brian Tyree Henry from Atlanta fame. Overall, great movie. Fun for all the kids. Fun for all the not kids. Fun for everybody. Just like the Lego movie. Honestly, they, these guys, they were fired from directing Solo, and Solo would have been so much more fun. If they had let them direct it, 
<laughs> that's sad. Yeah, no, there was creative differences. But like, have they seen the Lego Movie? And now they, I I hope they're kicking themselves after they've seen Into the Spider Verse. They probably are, especially after Solo's reception. Yeah, yeah. I still think they should steal my idea, retroactively release it. The the Austin They should kid. also. They should also steal our idea for the end of Infinity War too, but that oh, moment yeah, yeah, has passed. Yeah, yeah. Um, <sighs> but anyway, those are the things that we wanted to talk about. Email me about the first one. You can about the other two too. Uh, <laughs> Sounds good. But until next time, have a nice week. Yeah, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>